0: The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports
1: Nation is live on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is a celebratory September 13th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with the I Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who, like many of you, just enjoyed the best week ever as a BYU fan, Jerem Jordan.
2: No offense to my wife. That was uh, the best weekend of my life. Uh, no, it's my wedding and then that. Yeah. Uh, amazing! Oh, uh, hey, wait, what's up? Incredible stuff. Oh, what a weekend! Uh, if it was just the BYU-Utah game, it would have been incredible. If it was just Big 12, it would have been incredible. Combination of those two things. Unbelievable. We took a picture after the game on the field, uh, and I tweeted, Mood. Yeah, that Just, pretty much wraps it yeah! up. Yeah!
0: Actual it's victory. Yes,
2: one of those that BYU actually does. Uh, so we we have yet to have this show ever, by the way. So this is our ninth football season on the air, 2,090-plus episodes. We've never talked about a win over Utah in football. So here we are today. We made it. We did it. What a tragedy. The team did it, but that, that, we're with
1: it. That we haven't had the opportunity to do this, yeah. but it just turned into a happy ending. Didn't it? Yeah. Just a fantastic... Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so great awesome. to be here discussing a BYU football win over Utah. And
2: it finally settled in. I was in denial for a while, even Saturday night. Like, wait, it happened? No. I mean, it's been so long. It finally, like last night and this morning, it was like, oh yeah. It did happen.
1: I went down the (laughs) happy Twitter rabbit hole for about three hours straight.
2: You and I were out until 4 a.m. Yes. We – if you follow me on IG, you know where we were. But, uh, yeah.
1: Hey, (laughs) here's your celebratory show lineup. (laughs) Two
2: and a half hours of sleep.
1: And we should celebrate for several reasons because, yes, the streak is over. BYU's in a Power 5 conference in 2023, but still – invited to a Power 5 conference, and for the first time, as Jeremy mentioned, in the history of the show, eight years we've been doing this, we can discuss a BYU football win against Utah. ESPN's Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday. What was the most impressive thing he saw in BYU's momentous victory, and how is the nation perceiving the Cougars now? Plus, Pro Football Hall of Famer. BYU legend, Super Bowl MVP, Steve Young joins us live. He called his shot on national television. BYU backed it up. And what did he think about Jaron Hall's performance? Hey, loaded show lineup. Don't go anywhere. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Streak busters. Saturday was indeed... A special day for BYU football. Where do we begin? The atmosphere, energy, excitement, all palpable Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Utah, it felt like, was venturing into a riled-up hive Mm -hmm. at LES. A Um, Deseret, if you will. Yes. On the heels of that Big 12 invite, a win over Arizona, 11-1 in 2020 with Zach Wilson, five NFL draft picks, the 20-year anniversary honoring so many heroes from uh, the 9-11 tragedy. Brand new video boards. The flyover by those crazy. Just, Jerem, it was just a special, special night.
2: In hindsight, Utah was never going to win this game. BYU was going to win. There was H- too much going into this. And the place was juiced. It reminded me of the Gonzaga basketball game in 2020 if there was all that context around it. But just the game itself. Cougar Nation brought it, and I think the team really fed off that. Kalani Satake was not supposed to interact with any fans before the game, but he burst through a barrier and celebrates with The Rock right before he enters the stadium, and there was so much juice. Like, I'm getting chills thinking about how much juice was in the building. I didn't get to the game until midway through the first quarter because there were 11 goals scored at the women's soccer game. So as soon as I get in there, it's just electric. The Rock was in there two hours before... Packed, uh, like, when the white hairs stand up a bunch, you know it's one of those special games. No offense, just the elderly yes. who have been here forever everybody and paid for season their tickets, the knitters, the radio, pe- all of us, everybody, were on their feet, right, in the stands. I was in the press box just sitting there. But anyway, incredible. It was, it was a special night, and that juice really gave the team, I think what it needed to get. To go win this game. If this game's played in an empty stadium, I still think BYU wins. But I think the fact that BYU wins by nine is extra meaningful because it's BYU's first two-score win over Utah since 96. It wasn't just a barely, you got it lucky, something play, which we would have taken. Yes. No, BYU won It was a two-score
1: win. They took it from Utah. They dominated in the
2: trenches. Let's quantify that. Never trailed in the game. Never trailed. 4.8 yards per carry, ran for 219 against Utah. That means so much. The BYU, no trick. But my uncle texted me this morning. No trick plays in this. Didn't need to be weird. BYU just went nose up into Utah and won this game.
1: First turnover-free rivalry game since. How about this? Interesting. Two thousand nine. Mm. The last time BYU beat Utah. Wow, it's great step. And a Hall was starting at quarterback for the Cougars.
2: Great step from Gregor Bell after the game. of the post game, he said. Since he's been tracking everything in the modern era of BYU football, 72 on, Lavelle on, BYU didn't turn the ball over in the Boca Raton Bowl or the first two games this year. First time since 72, BYU has had three games in a row where it hasn't turned the ball over. That's incredible. That's been a massive key here.
1: BYU's 13-1 and one overall in their last 14 games and 18-3 and three over the last 21
2: games. That one's crazy. I didn't believe it, and then we kind of walked through that. That was probably at 2 a.m. Uh, when we were talking about that one Saturday or Sunday morning, that's crazy.
1: Eighteen and three in the last twenty-one games. Four and one against the last five Power Five teams that BYU has played.
2: And there's no, it's not like uh, it was low lights. Just all Arizonas. It was Tennessee and USC and Utah.
1: Yeah, an eight and five Tennessee team on the road.
2: Although USC got smacked by Tanner McKee Elder uh, at Stanford. Wow.
1: What a weekend for BYU, for college football in general. BYU is now a ranked team number 23.
2: Yeah, how about that?
1: They jump into 23 19. The AP people, yes, 20. We have a 23 <laughs> 19 as BYU and Arizona State are due up this Saturday. But, Jeremy, I it just, there were so many things. And by the way, BYU's won 11 games in a row at home at the yeah. Edwards Stadium, yeah. which just, I think it's number four, number five all time for the longest home win streak. They've got a lot of Everything, good things happening.
2: Everything's great right now. Like literally, it's the Lego Movie. Everything's awesome.
1: Jaron Hall with a breakout performance. Yes, not because he threw the ball over the field, but as we discussed right after the game, his legs were dynamite.
2: So good to me. That's the difference in the game, Spencer. His ability in third and one, fourth and eleven. BYU this wants run to right go here on
1: fourth and eleven from the thirty-eight yard line. And they get a first down.
2: Eight rushes, 92 yards, 11.5 a carry. I don't think he was sacked once. He danced in the pocket. I don't know if he was a dancer as a kid, but he is a dancer as an adult. He is dancing in the pocket very successfully, making great decisions. We're seeing his development before our eyes, and this has been a long time coming for him. Remember, this is his fourth year in the program. He watched Zach Wilson for three years. He sat there. He even started a couple of games. We've chronicled it. Jaron Hall's a baller, dude. He has come out and been awesome. He's got five touchdowns and no giveaways.
1: Five touchdowns, no
2: giveaways. Yes, he's got to complete more passes, 18 of 30. He was playing Utah. Like, Utah's a good secondary. They're always good. He started the game out rough, like Arizona, but he settled in. BYU's got a chance to have a really nice season this year because it's got a good defense, which uh, set 16 point. What was it, 16 or 19 points allowed in the first one? 17 points in this one. Sub 400 yards again. Got a takeaway, in this case, two. Great things are happening.
1: Dominated the time of possession mm-hmm. against Utah.
2: Aaron Roderick's play calling, analyzed Tuiaki's timing of blitzes. Spectacular on Saturday.
1: Jaron Hall was about three millimeters away from having 140-ish rush yards. Oh. But I got called out. But it's okay yeah. because you look back on it and you think, all right, if he had scored, does that give Utah too much time to come back and try and score yes. another touchdown and make it yes. worse? BYU proceeds to run four additional minutes off the clock after he's ruled out of bounds and that touchdown was called back. They kick a field goal. But when BYU made that field goal and Jake Older had knocked it through, yes. did it not feel like, okay, BYU just won the game?
2: Yes, it felt like that. It really felt like that when uh, Charlie Brewer airmailed uh, one to Britton Covey on fourth and two. <laughs> oh, boy. like, it's over now.
1: Advantage Jaron Hall in the quarterback battle. How about that? The sophomore getting it done against the kid that transferred over from Baylor.
2: Charlie Brewer doesn't do it again against Big 12 competition. Hey. That, that was that was blatant.
1: Oh, snap. <laughs> I had a chance to speak with Jaron Hall after the game. Yeah, you did. In the moment of a celebration. Uh, people literally were being boxed out so that we could do the interview. Thank you, Junior <laughs> Phillips, for uh, stepping in on that. And I asked this question simply: How would you explain your emotions in this moment?
3: It's surreal, man. It, I mean, I think we had confidence in what happened, but actually experiencing you know all the talk of the last nine years, you know, all this and that, it's surreal. And I'm just, I'm just proud of
1: my guys, man. Proud to be a part of this team and this fan base. Let's walk back to that last drive. Twenty-three seventeen. The pressure's on. You know, you need something special. What was going through your mind as that drive began? Just keep it simple, you know, stick to the fundamentals. We practice all week, execute our base plays, and each and every one of the 11 guys did that. So, you know, kudos to each and every one of my teammates, man. They, they stepped up big time. At what point did you figure out that your feet were going to be the main weapon? I mean,
3: I, I mean, I always know the feet are working, you know what I mean? I don't like to use them very much, but when you got to do it, you
1: got to do it, you know, so just happened to, to, to work out tonight. You said you felt slow last week against Arizona. Did you feel slow tonight? Uh, No, no, no. I just got to stay in bounds now. That's all. As you take in the fans around you, let's talk about the atmosphere throughout the night. Could you feel it? Did you hear it? The energy was not stopped beginning to the end, you know, so we really used that to our advantage, channeled it, but then we got on the field, just tried to execute and play football as it is. At what point in this game did you feel
0: like, we're going to win? from the very first kickoff, man. The energy, the trust in each other, you know I knew we would and hope we would and you know. Here we are. Yes,
1: indeed. Here we are. BYU victorious against Utah for the first time since 2009. He
2: just did something and this team, of course, that Taysom Hill never did and Jamal Williams never did and Kyle Van Noy and and Fred Warner, you know Zach what I mean? Wilson didn't Zach Wilson did do. Wilson it? Like, it it finally happened. I'm not trying to denigrate those guys. I'm just stating a fact. Like, this was an incredible moment. And uh, to end the streak, like, Utah has been way better than BYU. And, And on Saturday, BYU was way better than Utah. This is what happens in a rivalry. You trade blows. And it was great to see Puka Nakua, by the way, play when it was announced that the catch by Puka Nakua. The whole crowd stood yes. up and clapped like Puka, welcome to BYU. We're so glad you The here. Nakua
1: brothers. Yes, they brought a some prominent Jews role dude. in this. Samson Nakua is a vibe in and of
2: himself. Yes, he is. And when Samson and Puka on Samson's touchdown right here both took off their helmets. By the way, Puka nearly injures Mason Wake. Mason jumps, gets like taken out.
1: He didn't quite hurdle Puka, did he?
2: They missed the PAT and it's like, oh no, is that gonna come back to buy BYU? It didn't, which by the way, I tweeted during the game that missed PAT though. Jake Oldroyd after the game. My bad, Jerem. Oh, Jake. <laughs> he delivered the kick that mattered most. Yes, he sealed the win. He sealed To make
1: it 26-17. I have so many different thoughts running through my mind. Like, we could spend all week talking about all of the elements of this game. It, just, it mattered so much because now BYU gets to sit on this win, Jerem, until they face Utah again in 2024.
2: As a member of the Big 12 Conference.
1: Like this, is, this win was worth three years of bragging rights. Four and it was because the they last, didn't play last year, yes, if you will. The last opportunity, maybe, that Kalani would have had to beat Kyle Whittingham. How long is Who Kyle knows, Whittingham right?
2: going to beat Utah? It's been 746 days since Utah beat BYU. Just want to point that out.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. This one mattered a lot. BYU last chance as an independent to beat Utah. They did it. Yes. On the home field.
2: Well, now that BYU's joined a Power 5 league, um, that y- Utah doesn't have as much success against that version of BYU. Mm. So there you go. Our
1: question of the day. Wow. What was your after party like following BYU's win oh, over Utah? And now to set this up, let's go to one of the more memorable moments in the postgame <laughs> with Uriah Leotel. Lopa, he made it very clear how he was going to celebrate this win.
4: I'm going to go to bed so I can go to church. I'm going to church.
2: Thank God, you know. God. The guy to his left. Hilarious. The voice of
1: the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Yes, the fan reaction behind him. Yes! This That guy's sweating harder yes. than Uriah is. Well,
2: and the rain came down and uh, the drought ended. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Hey, what was your after party like? <laughs> Going to church and hanging out with... Uh, uh. You know, the celebratory BYU fans in your L- local world. Later,
2: later I'll share um, an experience I had at church with one former BYU player who showed up forty five minutes away from his home ward.
1: At Tana Chris on Twitter. Stormed the field, high fived and took pictures of players and coaches, stopped by Maverick on the way home for candy, popcorn, and an energy drink, and rewatched the whole <laughs> game on TV until four thirty in the morning. Yep. Still tired today and would do it all again in a heartbeat. Hashtag BYUSN.
2: Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, Steve Young joins the program to discuss beating Utah and going to the Big 12.
1: Plus, one of Steve Young's former teammates, Trevor Maddich, the National Championship Center at BYU in 84, on what impressed him the most from Jaron Hall. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Gregor Bell is going to chat
2: with of Tuyaki and Ed Lamb on the Coordinator's Corner coming up right after us at 1 Eastern Time recapping the big win over Utah and a big game with Arizona State Saturday.
1: Do they have anything to talk about?
2: Yes, they do. Yeah,
1: I would imagine so. Happy Monday, everyone, and I mean that. Probably more so than I ever have said uh, when I've said that before. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Special Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now over Zoom is our longtime friend and ESPN College Football Insider Expert Analyst, National Champion Trevor Maddich. Trevor, like I said to everybody else, happy Monday. How was the best weekend ever as a BYU guy?
4: You know, it was... Awesome. I'm just thinking about the poor people who were out enjoying the great outdoors over the weekend who went off grid, they were camping, and then they came back and the entire, you know, BYU fandom was going nuts. They're going, well, why? What happened? I was sitting by a creek playing my guitar eating freeze dried chili, right? (laughs) Those are the guys I feel bad for because this was a monumental, momentous weekend for BYU. And you said greatest ever. It's up there with the
2: greatest ever. Freeze-dried chili. I'm, I'm not sure I've tried that or will try that, uh, but we'll get into that yeah, later. Sure um, BYU beats Utah. Ah, Trevor. Ah, this was so long coming. Here's BYU finally taking down Utah. And BYU won this game, Trevor. This wasn't a trick play, random. Whatever. BYU physically won this game on both lines, rushed for 200-plus. Jaron Hall was incredible with his decision-making. Yes, his passing can get better, but BYU's 2-0 in rank now after this win.
4: They are, and you're right. They just played smash mouth football against the most physical team in the Pac 12, and they beat them at smash mouth football. It's interesting. Utah coach Kyle Whittingham said after the game that he would have bet the house that BYU would not win the line of scrimmage, but BYU did win the line of scrimmage on both sides. And coming into this game, I knew that Utah had one of the better combinations. Of offensive line and defensive front seven, linebackers and defensive linemen and offensive line. That combination, one of the better groups in the country. And BYU would have to just be physical. They just have to hit Utah in the mouth, take the hits that Utah would deliver, taste their own blood in their mouth, spit their teeth on the ground, line up, and hit them again to have any kind of a chance because you cannot finesse a team like Utah. They will smash you. And that's how BYU played. On both sides of the ball, they controlled the line of scrimmage against a very, very physical team. And I'll tell you what, that was the thing that made me the happiest in this game.
1: Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. What does a win like BYU had over Utah, other than get them into the top 25 and number 23, mean for this program and how the nation is perceiving them right now?
4: Well, the way they're perceived right now is that they're still on the rise. I mean, the nation loves BYU football anyway, in general. Last year was Zach Wilson. There was so much fun about BYU, especially when they were the only team west of the Rockies, uh, that, maybe in west of Mississippi for a while, that was playing football. And so a lot of people looked at last year and said, yeah, BYU, let's reconnect with that. And all of a sudden now, 2-0, and not against two non-Power 5 teams like they had to do last year, but against two Power 5 teams one of them ranked Utah, and that 2-0 and means a whole lot more. So now people are looking at BYU in a different light. Instead of, hey, these guys are really fun, and they could beat anybody on any given weekend, they're thinking, hey, BYU, this team is, is legit. And now they have to continue on to keep winning in order to maintain that. But at the same time, you can sense a shift in the expectations nationally that people have of this program from a lot of fun to watch to really got to take them seriously.
2: And now let's see where it goes. Arizona State's going to be a tough game. We'll talk about that in a second. But Ryan Wasillo, who uh, we're big fans of, I know you know him well from his ESPN days, now with the Ringer, tweeted, Jaron Hall, most athletic player of BYU since Trevor Madich?
4: You know, there's a lot of debate about that. <laughs>
2: and
4: I think I would give him the edge, but not much. If you haven't seen me do my three-cone drill and my vertical jump, then don't judge yet and don't just assume. Jaron Hall was fantastic. His numbers weren't great. But his job isn't to go out there and put up great numbers. His job is to go out there and manage the assets around him. His assets include his own ability to run and make plays off schedule against the defense that he faced. And in doing that, he was absolutely magnificent. Didn't make the big mistakes. When he missed, he didn't miss in places to put the ball in general most or in danger most of the time. And he was able to maximize what he had against a very solid Utah defense. And I tell you, that's the art of quarterbacking. So often you see a quarterback who, who thinks that if he's a great thrower, if he can throw the ball deep down the field and hit that guy accurately, man, is he a great quarterback? No. Might be a great thrower. A great quarterback is about Managing everything, and, and people think that the term gain manager is a um, you know is derogatory. It's not. You need to manage your, your assets, but then you need to make plays. And Jaron Hall did both. He able, was able to maximize the people around him, and when the time came that he just had to pull it down and make something happen, he made it happen. Trevor, that was probably one of
1: the most impressive things that I saw all night was Jaron Hall's ability to control things and get his team in focus when it got a little weird there at the end. Utah cut the lead to 23-17 and then led by Jaron Hall, BYU goes down and kicks a field goal that makes it a two-score game. What did you see on that drive that you liked the most from Jaron Hall
4: and BYU? Focus and calmness. A lot of times you'll see a quarterback get jittery, right? He'll He'll start to move around and make decisions really fast and he doesn't let things unfold. He doesn't process the information he gets ahead of the information because he's worried that something's going to happen and that's not in jaron hall's dna jaron hall has that low blood pressure that low heart rate i go back to last week on a play that i just love that really he brought into this week from a standpoint of style where he dropped back to pass the pocket was collapsing around him on both sides really i mean almost on it he moved a little bit to his left And then he unleashed a perfect strike to Neil Paolo for I think it was 67 yards, right? And it's like his heart rate wasn't even up when he did it. He was that way this entire game, especially in that last drive, because Utah was roaring back. Utah has a history in recent years of outscoring BYU, especially severely in the fourth quarter. And the offense had to figure that the defense was pretty tired at this point because they were playing lights out. And it was time for the offense To make a drive to help put this game out of reach, and the offense came through, and they came through because Jaron Hall and everybody else just took a breath and they executed each play, and they didn't get freaked out by the moment, and that's one of the most impressive things about this performance.
2: BYU to the Big Twelve, obviously extremely validating. It's going to be a couple of years before they actually get in and do that, but. It, at first I thought, shoot, I was hoping BYU would be in next year. But now I feel like, no, no, no. This two-year kind of ramp-up of not only anticipation, but recruiting and budgets and schedules, it's going to take a sec. BYU feels like it's ready to go there now, but I think that this is going to be good. What's your overall reaction to, one, getting into the Big 12, and two, what it, what it means for the next couple of years?
4: This is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. BYU as an independent was great. BYU and is great. Independence has been good for BYU. The Western Athletic Conference for football has been fantastic for BYU, and then the Mountain West after that. And now going to the Big 12, This is this is the biggest thing off the field that's ever happened to this program, and it's well-deserved. Now, I think that going in with the other three schools in 2023 is the right move. As an independent, they could go in anytime they want. But when you look at what this does for the Big 12, it solidifies that conference and in doing so it solidifies BYU's position in college football because they lose Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC that that's tough the remaining eight schools were they they had lost some of the national cachet that they would have to have Texas and Oklahoma in their conference but by adding BYU and national fan base international fan base adding Cincinnati which gives them a huge foothold in the heart of the Big Ten UCF which has been uh, a team that's on the rise and playing at the highest levels, in some cases, in football, that is in Orlando. It's in the ACC and the SEC recruiting footprint. And then Houston, which is another massive market and another historically outstanding athletic program, Mm -hmm. top to bottom. The Big 12 now has made itself national again. And BYU is a big part of that. So I think they'll maintain their autonomous five, their power five status. And then as time goes forward, and this is the deal, as time goes forward and there's new grant of rights, there maybe media companies will come in, uh, new media companies, technology companies, maybe Amazon with Amazon Prime or YouTube will come in or Twitter or Facebook and start to bid for live college football programming. The Big 12 is now once again, a program with or a conference with national reach. And so we can talk about the budgets and the money and boy, all that'll be there. But BYU will now be in the thick of that stream And that's what's important about this, because going forward, we don't know what college football will look like in terms of how people will consume it. But we do know that BYU will now certainly be consumed by college football fans at the highest level, and that's important.
1: Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's finish with this, Trevor. While BYU has to wait a little while to uh, seek a Big 12 championship. They're the de facto Pac-12 South leaders with, winners, with wins rather over Arizona and Utah and another shot at Arizona State this weekend. How did the Cougars match up with the Sun Devils in a ranked matchup, 23 versus number 19?
4: You know, it's quite similar uh, as it was in Utah. Arizona State's a very physical team, a little primer for them. Last year, they led the Pac-12 in rushing yards per game. Well, in Utah, it was Arizona State. Last year, they led the Pac-12 in defense. It wasn't Utah, USC, Oregon. It was Arizona State. They led the Pac-12 in defensive takeaways, and they have 15 starters back. This is an incredibly experienced team, experienced quarterback, great running backs. They've got young wide receivers but incredibly talented. I mean, they've got four or five four-star recruits in their wide receiver core. So they're young, they're fast, they're talented. This is a team that is very complete In most ways, and BYU will have to put together a very similar style of play. They've got to be physical or they won't have a chance. But then the little guys on the edges and then the back seven on defense are going to have to run like they've never run before because there will be a whole lot of guys that they'll have to chase that are outstanding Pac-12 skill players.
1: Cannot wait. Thanks for the pregame talk, Trevor. And again, you're one of the most athletic players to ever play at BYU, according to Ryan Rossillo. So we will end that converse yeah. or the conversation today by saying that and thanking you again for another fantastic Maddich Monday.
4: Uh, you're very welcome. I'm going to go out and run my three-cone drill now.
1: Yes, I love it. Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars coming off one of the best weeks ever. It's right up there with the national championship.
2: Yes, it is. And it's been a minute. Since that, so yeah, sometimes you need to stop sharing your spiritual experiences from your mission in Sunday school and share ones that happened recently, right? Yes, BYU has had recent success, and uh, the the weekend was amazing. It was amazing. Okay, coming up, he's got Monday night countdown tonight, but he still made time for us this morning. Steve Young will join us.
1: When you break a nine-game losing streak to Utah, you make time, and should BYU be higher in the national polls than number twenty-three? This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, we getting
2: picky now? Maybe.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
2: After further review, checks out the win over Utah, of course. Previews Arizona State. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon. Break it down Tuesday night on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern time. Welcome back
1: to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Typically, this is where we hit the whip around, but not today. We're calling an audible in honor of an elite member of BYU Sports Nation, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP Steve Young joins us live. Steve, you called your shot on ESPN that the Cougars would beat the Utes. How does it feel to be right?
3: It feels really good. You know, I was joking that last year they didn't—they were afraid to play us because they were afraid to play Zach. And, uh, man, it was funny to see everybody heat up on that. Like, come on, man, I'm just joking. <laughs> just, half, I'm just half joking. But, uh, yeah, no, I was, what was great about it was not only just the emotion in the stadium and just you could, it was like, wow, you could sense what had happened the day before, but it was the football. It was the dynamic. A-Rod is on fire. And I told, uh, Uh, Dave Dunn, who represents Kalani Sataki, who's my agent as well. Dave, you don't start thinking that A-Rod needs to go to the 49ers or go like A-Rod is there for as long (laughs) as Kalani's there, A-Rod is there. And that you could because I just felt like Jeremy had he opened up and you could see that his game is going to get better and better as he gets more comfortable. And A-Rod finds places to 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 accentuate that. And I love about that. What I what I said to Kalani after the game is. What happened defensively? Instead of just kind of very vanilla, bend but don't break, kind of just be a tough guy, want to punch everything in the mouth, it felt like we were coming dynamically from all over the place. And the and the youths couldn't quite catch up. And it, it went the whole game. So when you have that offensively kind of innovation coming at you from a lot of different places, and then you get on the deep. Di- defensive side it's the same kind of feeling when you just kind of get an overrun you don't know what to do and all of a sudden you get that glazed look in your eye and then people have the balls on the ground and and um stuff just you know so and they never they never really recovered and you know i'm sure at the end of the game when you play a team like the like the cougs were on saturday you 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 can't remember it you're like what happened and Utes were driving back up to salt lake and the bus is going what what was that and that's what that's what you want everyone thinking about every week It's like, what I couldn't remember what happened. It was just it was it was so uh, dynamic, and so that was fun for me to watch from a kind of technical perspective on what BYU could be this year because of both sides of the ball.
2: Absolutely, so many things to digest. Let's talk about Jaron Hall and his play. Uh, BYU Statsman on Twitter just mentioned that the 104 career pass attempts of Jaron Hall without an interception is the most to start. Um, a career without an interception. You are number two at 58 attempts. So pretty good. He's not he's not turning the ball over.
3: 58 until uh, Utah State on Friday night before John. I remember that one. Wow. And then Todd Shell <laughs> had to save my bacon on that one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, you know, and, and by the way, the game is becoming uh, – the pro game is becoming more like college. The college game is becoming, like, just wild. It's what Everybody's open there's all kinds of opportunity and I, you know, just to I, I can't, I mean, I spend the weekend, whenever I do watch football, my family doesn't watch the football. My son's a music theater major. My other son's a gamer. My, my wife doesn't really like football. We've talked about this before, so I don't get to watch it. I'm watching. I'm usually at the, at the, at the, uh, at the oven or the stove cooking lunch or dinner right. watching something on my phone. But whenever I watch, I'm like, what? where, where, where was I through all this? This is so great this is so much fun to play quarterback right now. And Jaron's going to be, he's, he's um, you can just see him kind of come out. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, uh, there was a, there was a power to his game on Saturday that I think is going to pay off the rest of the year uh, as the confidence builds. And um, I, I, you know, the excitement and the confidence and the feelings, especially after what happened on Friday, um, man, I, I don't, There's no bigger two days in the history of BYU sports ever
1: close. Seriously. Last Friday and Saturday. Yep. Yeah, no, that is an accurate statement. In fact, as you compare the two, a Power Five invitation to the Big 12 conference, which BYU has been waiting forever for, and then they break the streak against Utah. BYU is competing not just against Utah, but against history. And the idea that they would have to sit on another three years of losing to Utah because they're not going to play for the next two years. Steve, what was the bigger deal? What, what had you more excited, the Big 12 invite or breaking the streak?
3: Well, emotionally, obviously, Saturday was huge, right, especially with the Utes being in the top 20 and looking like they should—they might win the Pac-12 and could go to a major bowl. Like That's the way that they were looking at the season, and they still should. But there's not even close. No matter how much emotion you had for Saturday, Friday was my by far – the most important day in BYU sports history, amen. By far, mm. we have waited for forty years. Everything that we've done ever since Mark Wilson beat Texas A and M, or you name it, back in the day, Virgil Carter, like ever, we've always been wow, but wow, you know that was great, but and we never could get into the mix. And whatever we did to threaten, whatever top ten, top five even times, top twenties over the years. They're always with a butt, and uh, and we were okay. Look, we've been we've been like a bulldog in the pant leg of the NCAA football <laughs> Division One. Like we're we're not letting go, and I love that about us. And we've always had that spirit that we're punching above our weight, that we're doing more than we sh- than we, anyone thought we could. It was like that's who we are. That's what we've always felt, and we've we've relished in that role. Uh, but we've always deeply wanted to have a seat at the table and um, so for 40 years desiring that and then on Friday getting that opportunity to have the seat at the table um, it was a glory I mean it's a glorious moment for all of us uh, anyone that's ever been associated with BYU sports uh, to take a breath and recognize that there's no more butts it's just we're we're in it and now Everything we do is to put money in the bank for what we can accomplish into the future. And uh, I, I can't tell you, Friday was culmination of efforts from a lot of people through a lot of years. Um, and you know, whether it was the Pac-12 or or the Big 12 or efforts under you know, kind of any efforts we had to try to get that done. Um, you know, and 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 honestly, we need to go back even further—not back further, but just dig a little bit deeper. BYU Athletics, I mean, BYU-Hawaii had left Athletics. BYU-Idaho, or, you know, back in Rick's day, but BYU-Idaho has left Athletics. You know, and not that BYU would ever lose Athletics. It's entrenched here. We get that. But over time, if somehow the ESPN contract f- fell or somehow, you know, we were just, we were propped up in a very precarious spot. And we, again, relished it. We, we leaned into it. Tom did a great job. Uh, President Worthen did a great, Keith Vorkink. Everybody was working hard to be independent and be great. But it was not a place of, you know, it's kind of like when you remember that thing when you're a kid and you blew into the, into the tube and the bubble and the ball had to be in between the lines. You had to hold it as long as you can before you ran out of breath and kind of set a record. That's what it felt like we were trying to do as independents. It was like it was this high wire act every year. And like, fine, we did it. And we did it as well as anybody could, but that's over. And a huge sigh of relief that we can now just, we're, we're settled. And I think what we, I think Saturday was a part of Friday. Saturday came on because of that settled. Everyone's like, we're, you know, I don't know how I saw, I felt like we're settled. We're we got put the big 12 hat. Tom put the big 12 hat mm-hmm. on. And now we come out as BYU Cougars of the big 12. And it just, we come from a different place, a different emotional space and um I just get my hand my I got my hand I'm what is that the tingles? I mean I got it all over my body just talking about it.
2: I'm thinking about that too. And and I was like, is this heaven? Everybody's here at this game. We're all together, we're all celebrating the Big Twelve, we're remembering nine eleven. There's new video boards, there's a flyover that's crazy low and loud. The the energy was incredible. It was amazing. And I think back, Steve, to your point. Four years ago, BYU was in an uncomfortable position at 4-9 and nine and firing Ty Detmer and not knowing what the future is going to be like. But at that moment, BYU is able to get Zach Wilson, able to take advantage of chaos of the pandemic, to really shine. We already shone for 40 years, but to really shine at the very end with the season that mattered. And now we're sitting here in ecstasy over a Big 12 invite and win over Utah and another ranked matchup coming up on Saturday. This is about as good as it gets.
3: And you guys make a good point that, um, that just shows you how at risk we were and yet what COVID did for us, the COVID season with Zach and the ability to kind of play on national TV and make a difference, I think created a space where, um, Bob Bowlesby was the commissioner at, uh, the, PAC, at the big 12, you know, uh, I, I, you know, someone, someone who's very close to me was with him last week and uh, his description of BYU was the was the linchpin of expansion, and BYU was the one that we we went, we called first, and um, nervous about what our answer would be, and uh, and when we were just you know uh, you know just excited and and jumped in and were capable. Remember, we were we're independent, so we're we're more capable than anybody else, and that was such a, a, a positive. And so, uh, and I think that a lot of the things that have transacted through COVID, I think, re- reasserted who we could be and who we were. And uh, and so many of the efforts under, underneath um, uh, uh, Liz Darger, or, you know, there's people all over the athletic department that have created an environment of inclusiveness, environment of safety uh, for LGBT athletes for marginalized athletes for a spirit that they've created that has resonated with um you know people outside and they've done that you know on their own they've done that with uh you know in that spirit of of uh oneness that by athletics really has taken on and so i think all that has resonated out to the world and uh you know and look nothing's perfect and nothing's you know uh, Nothing's easy, but I just, I want to tell the people in the Bureau athletic department that they have done some special work to allow for this space to happen where the big 12 could, could take us in. And I, my hat's off to them. And I'm really grateful to them.
1: Very well said Tom Homo, Brian Santiago, Liz Darger, uh, president Worthen vice president, uh, Keith Chad Lewis, Lee Johnson. I mean, we got, it's, we got all my yes. buddies back
3: from the day. I mean, yes. we, got, and Keith War, I, I, we got a Keith War King. At the VP level and what he's done in just a brief amount of time, and President Worthen stepped up. We had, you know, confidentially, we, we you know we were we were looking at all all we were under every rock, and especially you know us. We're probably looking at the Pac-12 as much as anybody when they closed that door two weeks ago. Um, but we'll talk about the work that was done there some other time. It was uh, that's not for today. But uh, President Worthen and and Keith and Tom and. I mean, we have, we have
1: really good people. Yeah, really good people at BYU, and it's just fun to be fun to be associated with them. Incredible stuff on the shoulders of giants. All right, Steve, we'll finish with this, uh, just because we know you're watching Zach Wilson closely as a New York Jet.
2: Over while he, you know, gets lunch ready.
1: Yeah, of course. Yes, on your <laughs> phone. Way, I, I almost, by the way, I almost teared up
3: three times in the last ten minutes. <laughs> It's I mean, emotional.
2: I, just, I, 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 I want to start I want to
3: start crying. I mean I know it's like geez, what am I what are we doing? We're on sports day. I can't look weak, you know?
1: Crying is strength, weak, but I just, Steve.
3: I I it really is a tear it's like um it's an emotional weekend. I don't know how else to put it. So
1: Yeah, understandable. All right, go ahead, move on. Move no, no on. listen, we, we I when Tom Homo was making the announcement, I cried. It was I'm with you, man. It was it was awesome. Okay, uh oh. Zach Wilson's debut as a New York Jet. There were some BYU fans that teared up when he threw his first touchdown pass to see where that kid has come from and his journey and all that stuff. What did you think of his debut performance in the NFL?
3: It reminded me uh when I remember being in Denver, and it was my first year with the 49ers uh, in 1987, Joe, Montanos, Joe Montana, and I remember that. Great story where Bill Walsh told me that Joe Montana had two back surgeries and he was going to be hurt and I was going to come in and play. And then all of a sudden, I remember Joe jogged out the first practice like he looks pretty healthy. And I just remember that whole preseason kind of trying to figure out where I was and what the NFL was all about. And, and we went to Denver for a preseason game and it was I, I it was vicious. I mean, it's preseason, but I was like, I man, the Broncos were flying around. Joe was like, wow. And I remember thinking. Man, This NFL stuff is no joke. The NFL's changed dramatically. You don't see that in the preseason anymore. You don't even get a chance at seeing that kind of thing in the preseason. It's not even—it's nothing. Preseason is nothing. So all of a sudden, you get the first game. You go to Carolina. Carolina plays some great defense historically and had a team. All of a sudden, it's a speed that that Zach's never seen. That offensive line has not seen, and they just get overrun. You can see it's like that offensive line is like, uh. Uh, two. whoa, we need to <laughs> time out break. We need a break. And they just, the uh, first half was just a uh, mauling, but Zach to me just hung in there, right? Don't make any crazy mistakes. Don't think stupid. Don't freak out. Just hang in there. Don't complain. Don't give any kind of sense of frustration with your offensive line. Just kind of hang. He was a pro. He was a young pro, but he was a pro and he handled it. And then what does that have in the fourth quarter? A couple of nice throws. Get back in the ball game. Give me the ball one more time. Maybe I go win this thing. So, I mean, in the end, that whole team saw what the NFL is all about yesterday. A lot of young players. Uh, Coach Sal's first game. And now they got punched in the mouth. And, you know, the old saying with, what was it, uh, Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth yesterday. They, they came back. They'll get better. And Zach's, I said this on TV the other day, like by the end of the season, I think Zach's going to be the rookie of the year. So love it, but it'll take, it'll take some
1: time, Steve. So great to talk to you. I know you got a flight to catch. Uh, We got to get on with the rest of the show, but it's, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Great time to be a BYU Cougar. We'll be watching it tonight on ESPN.
3: All right. Let's not tear up anymore, man. What what an amazing few days. (laughs) What an amazing few days. Cougar nation. It was, it was awesome. We'll see you around. Anyone sees me down in Vegas for the game tonight, uh, Yell, scream,
1: let me know you're there. I would love to say hi. You got it. Thanks, Steve. Talk to you later, my friend. Okay, see you, Jeremy.
2: See you. All right, Steve Young, man, he's the best. He is the best. Coming up, a rise shout-out to sixty-three thousand more.
1: And should BYU be higher in the national rankings?
0: This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest Deep Blue podcast to chat
2: with BYU Associate AD Director of Marketing and Promotions David Almondova about the fan experience of BYU sporting events what he learned from working at Southern Utah and Duke and what marketing was like last year. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found.
1: He is Jeremy. I am Spencer. This is a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Reminder to interact with the show. Follow us on our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram YouTube and TikTok. Let's whip it! Cooper Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Soccer score seven goals in a win. What was louder? BYU seven goals to the military flyover by two F-35s leading into BYU Utah football. Listen to this. And there was a flash. We just had a jet flyover, of course, that you just heard. And that startled everybody here. It's about to go over Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What was louder?
1: Uh, Clearly the two (laughs) F-35s. The BYU bench collectively all like ducked down. Yeah,
2: watch it. Okay, watch it again, but watch the bench. BYU bench on the left. Okay, ready? Here it comes. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, crazy. Yeah, Yeah. clearly the F-35s. That was wild. Man, oh, man. Coming up, prize and shout-out to Kuganesh.
1: And how did you celebrate on Saturday? Plus a well-deserved shout-out to the Royal Mob. This is BYU Sports Nation. Should we be higher than number 23, Jerem?
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
2: On the next BYU Sports Nation right now, that's coming up later today, Kiki takes you back to LES to relive the win over Utah. Go to Sam Farnsworth's tweet. Of having DTL. He's
0: getting dumped on yeah. by water.
2: Yeah, check it out today on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And that was hilarious. <laughs> by the way, Mackay Beckton out four to five weeks. That's uh, Zach Wilson's left tackle. It's not going to help
1: the New York Jets offensive line. Yep. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU and BYU radio apps. Uh, our question of the day, what was your after party like following BYU's win over Utah? At Cougar A70 on Twitter answers, Dreaming. Hall outrunning all the Utes down the sideline for 66 yards, dreaming a monster Mahe sack, dreaming two Nakuas in blue at the same time. Mm. Oh, wait, you mean I wasn't dreaming? Sitting atop the Pac-12 at 2-0. and Go Cougs. That's for you, Wilner. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Ralph Sokolowski, fantastic statistician, confirmed that the 11-game home win streak, fifth longest right now. Mm-hmm. 18 is the record between 2006 all and six 2008.
2: 2008. They won all six, all three years.
1: Beat Arizona State. That's the David How about Nixon
2: it? sophomore through senior year, by the way.
1: Oh, and he he brings it up. He's like, I never, I didn't lose at home from two thousand six, two thousand eight. It's pretty it's fantastic. An amazing run. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, from Matt Jonathan Hawk on Twitter. My after party consisted of staying up past three a.m. Rewatching highlights of the game, reading all about Cougar Nation's happiness on social media, and having friends message me that they saw me on BYU TV. Yes, I am the fan freaking out behind my friend Lopo54. He was the guy behind U- Uriah Letao. Fantastic. All right, another look. Yeah, there's our guy.
2: Yeah, let's go! Church is
1: the best! Jonathan. Love that. I'm glad you're okay, man. <laughs> That's so funny. Glad you're okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jonathan. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Collectively and simply, term, Yes. To the fans. Yes. To the royal mob at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So good. To the royal mob around the globe. We all know you were sporting your Cougar Blue on Saturday Celebrating the Big 12 and certainly celebrating a momentous win over Utah.
2: That was, that was, yes, it was celebrating everything that running on the field. I couldn't get down there. I was, you know, after the press box, I was trying to find you, frankly, and just hug it out, you know. Um, and I, it took me forever to get down there. But as I was on the concourse, it was a celebration with everybody else. High fives, let's go. Oh, what a weekend, man.
1: Special experience, man, to say the least. Our thanks to today's guests Steve Young
2: and Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitta who did run out the flag. Awesome. We ran out of time.
1: For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dewey Gray. How about his prediction for the game? Join Greg Revel for Coordinator's Corner live on the BOA TV app in about 2 minutes from now. It's going to be a loaded edition. Goku, storm the field.